Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Poo Boy is down with us. Toddy B and Spade, they're down with us My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum My name is Dre, listen while I play And by the way, I'm also down with NWA Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us Slangin' funky tapes, it is a must We're number one Welcome back everybody to Rodeum Radio episode 62 and we are quickly approaching episode 70, just eight more, and eventually we'll be at 100. But anyway, check this out. Before we get to 100, let me go ahead and give a shout out to someone very, very special to me. Salvi Mommy, she blessed me with this Los Angeles shirt. So if you guys want to get one, it's dope. This one's long sleeve. She also has short sleeve. She also has women's. But Los Angeles, hit her up on Instagram, Salvi Mommy, okay? Remember that, Salvi Mami, Salvi Mami, much love, much respect. Thank you for blessing me, as always. And then, uh, for those that have been asking, uh, my boy Night Owl actually sent me 10 more of these, and along with CD. I've already got rid of four, so if you want uh, an autograph, Night Owl doll, okay, that actually plays music, okay, all you gotta do is go to the GoFundMe, and drop me 50 bucks and you will get uh, not only the incentives your name on the chicano rap documentary but also the st unlimited streaming for the documixery the doll night out uh, autograph doll and night out cd i'll mail those out but i only have six left six left so the first six people if you're number seven number eight guess what you'll still get all the incentives except no doll so uh go ahead and Place your order to GoFundMe on, you can reach that on my bio on Instagram, my bio on Facebook, or my bio, or on the description of this YouTube channel. So, other than that, um, let me see, I think I'm forgetting something, but you know what, we'll get to that, don't worry about it. So, once again, without further ado, please allow me to introduce my good friend, my very special guest, Rich G and the motherfucking place to be. Hey, man. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, how you like that intro? It was pretty good? Love it, man. Okay, Love it. Cool, Love it. Cool. Gracias. Big gracias for that. Man. All good, my brother. I I'm excited. People are excited. And I'll tell you why. For the last couple of months, people say, get Rich G, get Rich G, get Rich G. Yeah. But they have to understand that shit takes time because you know what? It, I only have shows uh, one or uh, twice every week. Yeah. So you know and all good bro yeah so you're here and that's all that matters glad to be here man how was the drive coming over here man kick back man my boy Gio, who's been emailing the crap out of you too man <laughs> he came and scooped me up man i appreciate it because he probably knew i was gonna be uh you know yeah so yeah. no drinking no driving you know exactly thank you brother for for, for making this happen so and for uh wicked for yeah. also yeah wicked spoke up man i love wicked man you know me and him known we go way back me and the vato me and yeah. the homie yeah me and brother me awesome. and uh, uh, carnal awesome. 
You know what? I wanted to ask you. You seen anything good lately on TV, man? You know what? I'm one of them fools, man, who likes all that survival shit. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I said one day, I ain't going to do that shit, though. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, I like all that stuff, man. Uh, recently, man, you know, I'm... You know, I just been I've been working, man. I've been I've been writing. You know, okay. Uh, nothing new, really. You know, I just watch my same old my same old stuff. I watch a show that I, I a show I really liked on Netflix was Shameless. Okay. They're getting weird here lately. They're getting little, you know, they don't know what to talk about no more. So okay. I'm kind of like I backed off from that, you know. But okay. Yeah, wow. you know. Okay. I watch uh, I watch a lot of like survival type crimes. I'm kind of like a weird guy because I love like horror. Oh, I like horror too. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I also love a lot of fucking comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of fucking sci-fi. Yeah. Like like last night I watched The Matrix. I love The Matrix. Oh yeah, no, The Matrix. That's that's the shit right there. Now that you know that they just completed. Uh, I know they finished filming. I don't know if they've done editing. Uh, part four. Part four. Hey, I would go see that for hell, sure. Hell yeah. Yeah, hell for yeah. sure. The Matrix Part 4, and then they did another uh, John Wick Part 4. You know, I never saw the original one. Okay. Um, I'm not a, is that Denzel? Uh, John Wick is uh, the Minister Way Keanu Reeves. Oh no! Okay, okay. I like Keanu. I yeah. like him, man. He's got a good story too, yes. man. If you if you read yes. his story, he's got a really good story. Yes. Yeah. But John Wick, if you've never seen it, I recommend it because. In that movie, the way they kill motherfuckers yeah. is fucking insane, dude. Now that I know it's him, I will see it. Yes. And, and now that you you endorsed it, I'm going to see it. <laughs> uh, honestly, just grab some chicharrones, some tequila. I'm down. And you're shit. good. Yeah. So, other than that, man, uh, um, uh, what is it that you probably miss the most that you can't do now according because of this pandemic, pretty much? Performing, man. Performing with my band, being... With my Midnight Cruiser family, big, big, big shout out to my Midnight Cruiser family, and um, and even you know when I go out as Rich G, you know my my Brownside family, man, I just miss seeing all those people, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. Being with the homies uh, and homegirls, man. Yeah, I mean just the whole atmosphere of just being out playing in front of people and shit like that. It's 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 uh, it's unexplainable, man. It's a beautiful thing, and I feel blessed that I've been doing it this long and that I still can do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you a big sports guy? Uh, I, I've been uh, an athlete okay. for a good half of my life. Uh, I like boxing, you know what I mean? I okay. like, uh, I love football. You know, you see, I got my Ram Shades one. <laughs> so shout out, you know. Dope, that, yeah, dope. yeah. I love, I love football and boxing and um, uh, sumo wrestling. Sumo wrestling? Man, if you ever go on them Japanese channels, dog, and watch that sumo wrestling, no that's shit. just dope, man. No <laughs> Big 600-pound fools just throwing down, dog. Damn, we got to get some Mexican <laughs> marranos together. Hey, you know we got to play the Mexicans that big, dog. Exactly, what? bro. Yeah. Fuck. I didn't. Wow, I'm gonna have to check that out then. It's a trip, but it's a, you know, it's not that they're just big fucking fat fools. These guys train, man, since they're kids. Okay. They train for that shit, and in Japan. They treat them like the football players out here and basketball players. No shit. They were revered like that. Yeah. Damn. damn. All the sushi they want. So, <laughs> so uh, um, favorite, obviously, you stole the Rams. Favorite baseball team? Dodgers, bro. Dodgers, baby. Dodger blue, dog. Uh, favorite, uh, como se llama, basketball? Lakers, yeah. Lakers, baby. You Rest know in peace, Kobe. Man, at the highly, right? And Gio works with me. I was, uh, I had, when I first started there, I was a service attendant. Okay. And I used to clean the buses. 
and uh, at MTA. And uh, I found this package full of Lakers uh, pictures of the of the Lakers' first uh, um, championship with Kobe and them, with Kobe oh, and Shaq. And I said, "Did somebody left it there, bro?" Wow! Shots of, of dunks and everything. Wow! And I had that man. It got stolen, man. No shit. Well, you know, kind of got stolen. <laughs> you know, it's a, <laughs> if you oh, know what I, if you catch yeah. my drift. Uh, that'll work. That'll work. But I had that at one time, bro, and it was like, man, it was gold, man. Can you imagine what that would be worth nowadays? Hey, you know what? Some of the best fucking games the Lakers had was when they were playing. Remember when they were playing uh, uh, Sacramento Queens? Remember. Mm. And uh, Bloody D Walk, uh, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, bro. They were throwing down, bro. Throwing down, bro. Those were some of the best fucking games ever, bro. I mean, yeah. you couldn't even take a shit because you had a like, <laughs> you know. They, they didn't have they DVR win. back then. <laughs> exactly, dude. All good, man. Yeah. So now, wh wh where were you originally uh, raised at? Man, we were like nomads, but I was born in East LA, bro. Mm -hmm. Around Boyle Heights, well, you know. County General, Boyle Heights area. We moved all around LA, uh, you know, um, um, what's it, well, as a kid, before I, before I was like mm, seven years old, I think we moved to Lincoln Heights, we moved to El Sereno, we were in City Terrace, we were all over, bro. You know, my parents, <laughs> they couldn't stay still, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then we moved to Norwalk. Okay. And that's, I spent most of my time in Norwalk, man. Uh, Norwalk, California. Shout out to my Norwalkians. <laughs> and, um, you know, I love that town. And that's that, I consider that my hometown, even though I've, I, I've been, I've lived in a lot of places. I went to like 14 different schools in my life. You know what? I was going to ask you, what schools did you go to? But fuck, and, 14. And every time you got to prove yourself, man. Every time. And even I lived in the Bay Area for a while. I lived in Oakland. I lived in San Ho for a while, for about four years out of my life. And that was a great influence on me too, and you know, and everybody knew I was an LA boy, and it was cool back then. Now yeah. it's a different story. Yeah, you know? yeah. But um, yeah, no, I mean, all over the place, but mostly uh, Norwalk's my hometown. Okay. Man. I went to Excelsior High School, okay. and then uh, when they closed down after the white Mexican riot, I went to John Glenn. All right. You know, played football, played track, wrestled, all that. No shit. Hung out with the homies after all that, and <laughs> smoked cools, you know. Okay. <laughs> now, uh, football, what position did you play? I started out as a fullback. Okay. And, uh, and I was benching 300 pounds in high school, man. I, was, I, I, oh, I wasn't that tall, but I was very strong. And, uh, but, the, you know, the, it seemed like the main vato, the, the coach, had his own guy. So the defensive coach, he's a Chicano. Yeah. He came up to me and he goes, hey, homie, he goes, uh, they're not going to, you should be a first string. Yeah. But they're not going to put you in because he's got his boys there. Of course. And, uh, he goes, but I'll put you in, man. He goes, I'll put you in as nose guard. And all them, all them fools are way bigger than me, but I was as strong as all of them. Yeah. So I went in as nose guard on defense, and I'd play fullback once in a while. And I went in as nose guard, and I cracked ribs, man. You know? No shit. Don't get me wrong. I got my bell rung a few times <laughs> by those big motherfuckers. But I cracked ribs, dog. I, you know, I was, I was a strong little fucker. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Had a good time. Awesome. Uh, basketball, baseball, none of that growing up? I uh, wrestled a okay. little bit. I didn't like it because really? fools, would, fools would not take a bath for a week and then put their oh. pits on your face just to fuck with you. <laughs> and I said, and, I, and they, they looked at me like, you know, with my belt and everything, like, oh, you'd be the perfect wrestler. I said, nah, dog. 
and this guy who was a who was a state champion was was training me. I was like, I can't do it, man. Yeah. But uh, soccer, you know, I I play with my my home my Mexicano homeboys. We were getting down, bro, until I discovered football. You know. Oh. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't play baseball. I couldn't catch a pop. I could hit that thing out of the park. Couldn't pack, catch a pop fly to save my life, bro. <laughs> so they went Damn. that. Okay. Now I know a little bit about your history as far as your musical, your uh, uh, musical background. Uh, growing up, did you play any instruments? And if so, can you share a little bit about your family? Yeah, you know, um, my dad started playing uh, guitar, taught himself to play guitar. He always collected music when he was in the Army. He went all over the world when he was in the Army. Wow. And he found out about different music, especially like the blues and jazz and stuff like that. And Chicano music too, you know, and he was very pride. He had the he had the Chicano pride, you know, him and my mother, you know. And um he developed this big giant he had a big collection, I mean hundreds of records, you know what I mean? And we lived in El Sereno. He would um, you know, I, I kinda caught on to all that, you know. And he saw that. He he bought me my first guitar, my my, my father Richard, when I was three years old. Wow. And because uh, I used to watch him, you know, and I liked what I was seeing. So he bought me my first guitar. I didn't learn how to play till I was like seven years old. But uh, but he would tell me, you could you could listen to all my records, Mijo. But you know what? You scratch one of them, I'm going to whip your ass. Yeah. So we had this little nook out there. It was a it was a neighborhood called Rose Hill. We lived up on top. OK. And I uh, in the little nook there, a little 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 phonograph, you know, our little uh, record player. And I'll listen to all that stuff from African music to to blues to jazz to Chicano style music to rock and roll Beatles everything and I all day long summer mm. days listening to music man that's all I wanted to do wow wow what, what, what do you think it was that gravitated you towards the music was it was it just because you saw his huge record collection was it because he played music or you just loved because he played music and it just resonated with me man it just resonated with me and then he would have he would call his homies down from the neighborhood and from you know from all over la and they would have jam sessions at the they would get all tore up of course wow, wow. and you know drinking drinking you know tequila whiskey and smoking out and stuff. but they would allow me to stay there and listen to the jam outs and they would be playing, you know, Jimmy Reed, man. They'd be playing, you know, Lightning Slim. They'd be playing, you know, Angel Baby, all that stuff. They would play all the good stuff and I would be there and they'd give me a bit bucket or something to pound on, you know, or I had my little guitar and I'd pretend like I was jamming with them, you know. And I, you know, I, I, that was my life, you know, and we enjoyed her. We enjoyed music, man. Okay. And he allowed me to do that. And my mom and him backed me up on it and they ended up sending me to guitar school. Because I, I tried a few instruments before and it didn't work out. But when I hit that guitar, I really liked it. You know, I didn't think about singing back then, but I really enjoyed it. So they sent me to school. They didn't have money. Okay. But they would, and I remember the, the lessons they would send me to were $5 a piece. Hmm. And they, they would, they would scrape to get it and they sent me. So I, you know, a little, a little, a little beginning well, there. You know? Would you say you learned, uh, guitar by reading notes? or by ear? Um, my father showed me my first two chords, which was E minor and A minor. Okay. And I already made, wrote a little song when I first learned them. And so they knew, you know, from there, I, I, it was mostly by ear, okay. know, knowing the chords. This is E, this is A, this is C, this is D. And then I learned from there, you know, and I got pretty good by the time I was uh, 13. I was already 
playing Stairway to Heaven, you know? Oh, shit. <laughs> and then my shit got ripped off in the hood, you know? Damn. And that, we didn't have the money for another guitar. And then I started running the streets after that. Okay. Know? So you had your Laker pictures ripped off, yeah. and then you had your guitar ripped off. Yeah. Okay. And it was a beautiful guitar. It was like, it was a classic guitar my dad had given me. And I was living in the one ways at the time with my grandfather, and I was working, uh, I think I was about 15, and I was working at the at the Norwalk Library as a janitor. So I would leave, and I, they scoped me out, and they broke my back window. They didn't take my stereo system, nothing else. They took that guitar, man, and that, they got me good, homie. Damn. Yeah. How did that shit make you feel, man? You, you like I was hurt, man. I was hurt. I wanted to get somebody, but I didn't know who it was. Yeah. No, I know how it is because I remember one time for Christmas, I got a fucking bike and I disobeyed my parents and I drove to the fucking arcade. I went in there to play Asteroids. And yeah. I come out, my fucking, my bike was gone. Was oh, like, that's the <laughs> ultimate hurt right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah, I've experienced that too, man. So, yeah. It hurts to get ripped off, it, it, it truly, truly does. It truly does. But on the other hand, hey, when I was doing dirt, <laughs> I guess what goes around comes around sometimes, bro. Exactly. That's the way it is. Um, any brothers and sisters? Yeah, man. I got uh, I got five other brothers and sisters, man. We had a big family, man. No shit. Yeah, we had a big family. Wow. Wow. It was Poe, man. We had a big family, though, dog. No TV, <laughs> huh? No, we had a TV. You know, we no, had that's a, a joke. Oh. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that is because, like, mom my, and dad maybe not have been using that thing. <laughs> exactly, because my uh, mom and dad are 10 kids. Yeah. And wow. Like, used to always tell them, yeah. no tiene televisión, okay? You know, and I was like, I guess not. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, but yeah, but you know what's funny? Because I wanted six kids, but. Yeah, yeah. I wanted 10 kids. No shit. Can you believe that? But well, once I had their first three, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. What the hell am I talking about? Right. Well, the best thing about kids is making them. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, so now. <laughs> Is that macho Mexican in me, you know? <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. So now, at, at what point uh, did you start working out? Because I know that you were Mr. California. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that? Man, the same guy that introduced funk music to me uh -huh. was my cousin Joey. And my cousin Joey, he liked to pump weights too. He was, he was living in, he was from LA, but he was living in Oakland at the time. Okay. That's when he told me, hey, you heard, heard of Parliament, Funkadelic? Like, funk like funky smelling you know no, no. <laughs> and i was sprung after that but he he we had a little weight set we lived in san jose i was like 11 years old man he goes hey man let's go pump some weights we had a little basement there and we were pumping man we started pumping i started getting little little rocks you know i'm like what <laughs> i said this is kind of easy you know and then when we moved back down to norwalk again i started hitting it hard and the homies were like damn homie I don't know if we're going to call you Popeye or Herc. I don't know which one, man. Right. Just Rick, dog. <laughs> Just Ricky. And uh, man, I started pumping up, you know what I mean? And every time I would visit my father, he was living in Alameda. There was a college down there, Alameda Col uh, City College, you know? And I would go down there. I think I was in, uh, I think it was about 15, 16. Okay. And uh, I would go visit him. I would go jog on the beach because I was into athletics, you know? And I would go down there, and there was this fool there that played for the the, the, the football team. Okay. And black brother, and he had arms like balloons, man. And I said, Doc, how do I get those? Because let me show you something, man. And what he told me was this. He goes, what I do is I do 10 sets of 10 of everything. Hmm. So I started doing that, man. Before I knew it, man, I was benching 300 pounds, man. Wow. 
Wow. It was easy for me, and I had the body for it. You know what I mean? It just seemed like it just came easy to me. So yeah. I started pumping weights, and that helped me in football. It helped me even in soccer. It helped me. It helped me with with the athletics that I did, and it also helped me knocking fools out when they yeah. would come at me. You know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Now, uh, now let me ask you a, a weightlifting question because yeah. uh, I've been working out now for about maybe about four years. Okay. Okay. There's a flat bench, incline, decline. Yeah. What were you, you say? Were you stronger? Were you ever strong at incline? Um, I was okay at incline because you're always generally weaker at incline. Yes. You know? Bench was my thing, though. Bench. Okay. I mean, at one time, at my at my best, and only on beans and rice. I never took steroids. I uh, I was benching four twenty five. Fuck. When I was like, uh, you know, twenty three through my twenties, even up to my um, late thirties, I was benching like uh, four hundred pounds, four hundred five. Wow. And uh, but that shit wears you out after a while. Yeah. Wears your shoulders out. Yeah. But yeah, no, and uh, bench. And I, at one time, you know, I was benching 425. I was squatting 500 and deadlifting 500 when I was bodybuilding. Wow. You know, I had a buddy talk me into it. And I hired this guy. His name was uh, Fernando Villacaña. And he was a Chicano. But this dude, he was, he was badass. And he was a champ. And I said, hey, you know, he charged me $200 to train me for the the Mr. California was my first show, Mr. Natural NPC, Mr. Natural California, mm -hmm. and I didn't realize I would do that good. But I ended up taking the whole novice division, and I won the crown. No oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. I was surprised myself because there was some fools on there that were like, oh damn, man. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was, uh, I was humbled by that because I'm mad, and I really enjoyed it. And I started doing that until I started getting higher and higher. I uh, qualified for the Mr. Natural Universe. So I was going to go do that. I said, you know what? I'm going to do a couple of shows before I do that. So when I did that, I did Western United States, NPC Western United States, Naturals. And I went out there, man. A lot of the dudes that were at the California that I beat were there. And a lot of fools that I knew from the juice shows yeah, yeah. were there. And we had to, uh, you random drug tested and you lie detector tested. You know what I mean? No shit. Yeah. And it was... Uh, so I went through all the tests. I passed all the tests because, like I said, I just was beans and rice, bro. But then I saw a couple of my homies there. Right? A couple of my homies, I was like, what you doing here, man? So, oh, you know, we got invited. And I knew these guys were juicers. They, they, they were on the juice. Which, yeah. See, I got nothing against fools on the juice. But don't come to a natural show and try to beat up on the natural guys. Man. Exactly. Well, you know, you do your thing over there, you know? Yeah. And uh, I see. So how did you, did you have to do any of the tests or anything like that? You know, you didn't do any of that? Nah, the, the, the promoters invited us. I was like, what are they? And, you know, I placed third. I think I should have placed at least second because that fool that I was talking to that I knew, yeah. he was bad. He, he kicked my ass. Yeah. But, um, and after that, I was like, oh, man, you know, it's not, it's not legit. You know, it's not legit. And so I just kept pumping weights after that, but I, I didn't bodybuild anymore after that because okay. I knew the higher you went, the more bullshit came along with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was a lot of work, man. It was a lot of work, man. From the time that you started bodybuilding to the time you ended about how long was that? Oh, shoot, man. I mean, I started when I was around, I mean, really bodybuilding, like hardcore. I was around 22. Okay. And I stopped uh, uh, competing when I was about 25. Okay. I was like, nah, it's bullshit, you know. It's, it's not, if it was fair, you know, I would be like, yeah. okay, cool, you know. I had a good time with it, but I kept pumping. I, I pumped through, and I think it saved me this long, man. I mean, yeah. I, uh, 
I haven't lifted in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had I've had problems, but just lagging, dude. You know, just yeah, <laughs> lagging, you know. dog. Yeah. Uh, I need to I need to get back on it again. I, I have been to the gym. I got a gym membership, and I for many years I had a gym at my house. Yeah, and but a house that I had to sell. You okay. know what I mean? And it, all that's gone and done. But um, still, I still like to like to do it, bro. And I still, and I'm not far off. You know, I'm not far off. Other than now, I'm I'm, I'm Mr. Quarantine, eh? Mr. <laughs> Quarantine, because I'm fucking putting weight on, just fucking hanging out at the pad after the highland dog. Hey, and on. you're still on beans and rice. Beans and rice, baby. Beans and rice, that manteca. That's right. Yeah, yeah that manteca. You gotta love it, but I tell you, it's no good for you. <laughs> you. You know what? The the when I when I work out with my son, he's my spotter. I, yeah. I can hit a plate in a quarter incline. That that's the most. Yeah, that's I can't most. do that no more. Okay, you know because like I said, all that. You know, let me tell you, youngsters, this when you're out there and you're pumping all that weight and it feels good, it does. And you know what? You can knock fools across the room and it's beautiful. You get shot though. Watch out. Watch out. Um, it wears your joints out. By the time you get a little older, you got you got really got to watch it. Man. You got to take care of yourself because I ended up wearing some joints out there where I can't pump like I used to. You know yeah. what I mean? I got to be careful. You know what I mean? I can't. And there's no way I can I could throw up 400 pounds anyway. And don't do it. It's, that's just my cheese mud at this yeah. age. You know, just yeah. hey, hit the light stuff, and that's good enough, man. Good enough. Couple yeah. of plates, like yeah. you say, plate and a quarter. Yeah, you're good, man. You know, yeah. even if you can get 225 and just fuck around with that, beautiful. Yeah. That's all you need to do. That's right. That's right. The, the most I ever hit on a flat bench was I was thankful that was my goal, and I'm like, okay, I'm cool. Was well, at least two plates on each side on the flat. That's bench. good, man. That's yeah. all you need to do. Bro. That's yeah. all you need. So man. I was like, cool. With and that. that, you know, that's power, dog. Yeah. Not, not very many people can do that. You know? You, you know, one thing about working out is that the majority of the people that are out in the streets, uh, a lot of those guys don't work out. Yeah. You know, so you pretty much have the uh, how would you say? Physical advantage. Yeah, the physical advantage, man. And I encourage people. I told my boy John motherfucking. It's a good thing, man. My boy DG, start eating good, beans and rice, and hit the gym, homie. Yeah, fish, chicken. You know what I mean. I eat the good stuff. You know, I'm. uh, I always, you know, back in the days, I was like, yeah, eating a good, eat a good meat and potatoes meal, let it digest and go drive your ass off. Exactly. Exactly. And I even became a trainer for. I I was training people. You know what I mean. And I learned. I learned the craft. You know what I mean. And I was good at it, man. And then you know, like I said, life goes on. Things change. You know. Awesome. So now uh, we got a couple of minutes before we go to break, but I wanted to ask you around what age would you say that you began or discovered that you could sing? Uh, I was about 15, I think, 15 or 16, man. We used to, um, back in uh, in the day, you know, in Norwalk, me and the homies, man, you know, other than all the pendejadas we were doing. <laughs> and when it was a quiet night and we were, and nobody was coming by starting shit, we would just hold down the block, you know, in the one ways and just bullshit talk, smoke yeska, drink. And we would we 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 wanted to start a band, you know. We want to start a band. That's what when I met Toker, I tripped out, man, because he Brown said I want to start a band called the Brown Sound. We call it the Brown Sound, and we almost had it together. We had this fool. He came from Pedro, right? And he says, "Oh man, I know how to put a band together." And he was all talk. No, he didn't. <laughs> I knew how to play guitar. And I thought I could sing, but all my family would tell me, hey, shut up, man. Shut up. You're too loud, eh? Right, right. I was all singing fucking Philip Billy, Woo, reasons, and all that shit. They shut the hell up. So 
I thought I was good, but I mean, I figured I ain't that good, you know. Right, right. And so we would do what, man. We would we would sing, you know, midnight. We'd be singing oldies, you know what I mean. And hey, man, let's get this band together. And they go, let me hear you singing. So I'd be singing like, I, I kicked out Sad Girl at him, right? No sure. And uh, they were like, dog, you could sing, homie. I go, right. for real? You think so? Yeah, you're the lead singer, straight up. Then that happened to me another time too in church. You know what I mean? Okay. And uh, but um, yeah, and I was like, oh yeah. So I was a lead singer, and I learned then. And the homies they kind of encouraged me, man. They were like, yeah, yeah. dog, you should keep singing. Man. So pretty, pretty much this, this just started like on the streets, pretty much. Just pretty much, we just do whopping under the street, like like like, like the homie, uh, the homie, the song goes under the street lights. You know right, what I mean? Right, 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 uh, right. I'm trying to remember the homie's name. I've met him before too. I remember one of the first times, and I know I heard it. Joe Batan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the times I heard uh, a little bit of singing. Remember Rocky one? Do 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 do. Take it back. If you're a big Rocky fan. Oh, I love Rocky, bro. Yeah, bro. How do you think I started lifting weights, dog? <laughs> they, that was one of my inspirations, man. You know, now let me ask you this. You ever been to the Philly steps where he ran? No. Oh, man. I would love to go. Dude, every time I've gone over there, it's, it's tradition. I was sharing this with someone earlier today that I said, every time I fly into Philly, I have to go to the Rocky steps. Yeah. I, I run up there. Me levanto las manos. What? I walk back down. And then a couple of blocks on the street, there's a... a Restaurant where I eat breakfast, mm -hmm. you know, but the Rocky steps, you know, because that goes back to the seventies. Yeah, when we were just kids and we grew up with that shit. That's badass, man. Yeah, bro. I they got it. the statue up there. No, it, they moved it to the side now, but it's still there. Still, oh, it's still oh there. man. It's still like, there. You got any shots of you on there, man? Yeah, I got. I, let me check that out. Yeah, man. I will. I will. That's man. bad, dude. So, uh, um, but now, he inspired us, you know, as as youngsters, him and Arnold. Yes, they. Yes. But mostly, I mean, Rocky, man, and. I had a tiger dog. Of course. I still bumped that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. You, you know what's yeah. funny? Uh, I saw a little documentary that it, it was either going to be I had the tiger or another one bites the dust by Queen. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, you too. Know? But I'm glad he stuck with I had the tiger. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And I mean, I still use that song just to pump myself up, even for music. You know what I mean? I'll blast that saying, we got to get this shit rolling, dog. You know? That's right. That's yeah, right. It's, a good, it's a good positive song. Awesome, man. So, um, did you ever take speech classes or anything like as far as singing was concerned? Like I, singing um, classes? I took a breathing class. I, I hired a lady. Uh, her name was Sherry, Sherry Cepeda. She was a beautiful singer and okay. she was a teacher. And she taught me how to breathe. She goes, I can't really show you anything, Rich. You already sing really good. That's what she told me. Right. And this at the time I was singing at church, you know and uh singing gospel music and she goes but i'm gonna show you how to breathe and she showed me how to breathe bro and the reason why i point that out is because i think that's very very important a lot of people think that you just sing but it there's a skill there's a talent there's yeah, a way to gotta, do it you gotta have especially your breathing because if you're out there especially like when i sing with my band and we're out there in laughlin and it's 90 degrees outside and we're singing you got to have your breaths down otherwise you're gonna be <laughs> You're gonna, you're gonna suck, man. So you gotta know how to bring it, in, how to bring it in, and how to let it out properly. And when you hit them high, hard notes, you gotta have the breath behind it, or you're gonna just suck, man. So awesome, awesome. Yeah. And you gotta one thing that a lot of people may not know: you gotta learn how to breathe also when you work out. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. people don't know this, but when you're when you're pumping the weight up, you're breathing in. When you're bringing it down, you're supposed to breathe out. But me personally. I just, however, but just get your breathing in yeah. because that's what's going to supply your muscles yeah. with the energy that they need. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, cool, brother. Listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about your uh, meeting with Toker. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay, everybody. Once again, uh, Rodian Radio, episode 62 with Richie in the motherfucking place to be. Make sure you guys go get a Modelo, take a crab, go get something to eat, come back. <laughs> okay. Uh, call somebody, text somebody, pay somebody. Shot. Let them know that Richie is in the motherfucking building. We'll be back soon. Yes. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 62. And once again, the first six people that hit me on the GoFundMe will get a Night Owl autographed doll along with a CD. And after you receive it, you can do whatever you want with it. It could be your book buddy. You can sleep with it. You can shower with it. You could talk to it or even sing to it. Whatever you want, it's your doll. So once again, Rizky in the motherfucking place. Yes, yes, yes. How you doing, brother? Tony A, what's happening, big dog? Um, Man, I... First of all, I'm having a, such a great ass time that I can't wait to drink next break. So, <laughs> so uh, other than that, you were going to share with us, may rest in peace, the story of Toker when you first met him. Mm. Yeah, I was um, at the G spot in Almani. Yeah, I had already been working with Tony G and, and a lot of his artists, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I'd already I'd been doing things, you know, but... Um, he tells me, he goes, hey, he goes, um, he, I had met Easy already, and Easy was good with me, man, you know? And uh, he says, hey, uh, Easy's got these artists, man. They're like a Mexican NWA. Uh, they want you to do a jam with them. They heard about you, and they want you to do some stuff with them. You know, the guy's name's Toker, and he's got a homie named Danger. And so they came in. When I first saw Toker, you know, I, like I said, I, you know, I was, I, I was a gangster at one time, you know what I mean? But I, I had been, I had mellowed out at, by that point, you know what I mean? But I knew the lingo. That's why they had led up to do me, have me doing all these hooks because I knew what to say. I mean, I lived it, you know? Yeah. And, um, I saw Toker and I said, whoa, that's a real one. I spotted it right there and danger came behind him. Real motherfuckers. These guys. These guys ain't rappers. These guys are real gangsters. Because I worked with other gangster rappers. These guys are real. You know. And uh, they just kind of was thrown back. And he came in and he was a straight boss. He's like, hey, homie. Toker, man. And Danger's like, big danger, you know. And he just looked like he didn't like me. <laughs> big danger. I don't want to fuck with any of them fools, you know. But, you know, but still, I mean, you know, we weren't tripping like that, you know, and Tony introduced us, we were, and, and, and uh, Toker comes up, to, he pulls me to the side, or no, right there in front of everybody, me, him, Tony, Danger was in there, and he goes, hey, homie, he goes, I just lost my brother, they murdered him, he goes, I'm, pre I'm, pre I'm pretty hurt, I want to do this song in his tribute called Rest in Peace. And Tony had made a a, a track, or I, I think Toker wanted it. Maybe that was the one that they strong-armed to get. I don't know. Right. Love between a boy and girl. But um, so I heard the track. I go, that's fucking that shit's dope. And I go, what do you what do you need from me, bro? He goes, I want you to just know what I'm telling you, man, and do what you do, bro. You know. And I said, I got you, dog. And at the time. At the G spot, the vocal booth was in the closet. Mm -hmm. So I went into the closet, I closed it, and I felt this pain, dog. 
And I looked in his eyes and I saw the pain. And I thought to myself, if that was my brother, I'd be so devastated. Yeah. If that was my little brother, I'd be so devastated. And I just got the knack for feeling people's pain like that sometimes. I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess it's because I, 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 I feel for people, you know. I know there's a word for it. I can't think about it. And um, so when I went in that booth, and I, I thought back to my days on the streets, and I applied that. I thought back to how would I feel, you know. And that's when, uh, and Tony's the one who says, hey, uh, what do you think about doing, you know, because Tony would come up with a lot of the hooks too, you know. Yeah. You know, sweet memories, you know, and of my brother, they feel so wonderful. And I, you know, we, we both worked, me and Tony always worked the, the hooks out, you know. That's what I did. We did the harmonies. And uh, when we came down to doing the, the uh, uh, ad-libbing, that's when I really, really felt this pain you know and i was all uh you know when i did the ad libbing and i remember back when when we would get into fights when we would go to places you know what i mean and then things would happen me and the homies would be like hey homie back to back i said my homeboy midget would be like back to back and we go back to back and we throw down like that you know yeah so that's when i threw in that back to back like we used to and all the homies, homies, in mi corazón, carnal. You know what I mean? We did all that. And I was hoping that I did the right thing, you know? Yeah. And I got out of there, and it was hot like this. You know, it was hot, it was hotter than this. And I come, you come out sweating out of that motherfucker. And I came out, and Toker, he shot straight at me. And he had, he had wet, he had tears in his eyes. And he shook my hand. He goes, hey, homie, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for putting your corazón into that. And I said, I feel it, dog. I feel it. He goes, from now on, you're down with us, homie. We're down with you. You're down with us. I said, I'm down, bro. That's cool. I'm down with it, bro. Whatever you need me to do, I'm here, bro. And even little danger, we didn't like anybody. Big danger, I'm sorry. Spence said, big danger. He came over. And he was tall, man. He was tall, skinny cat. He went, hey, homie. We got you, homie. That was badass. I said, gracias, man. Thanks. And uh, that's how it went, bro. And awesome. Feed me memories. Or, well, not feed me memories. Uh, uh, rest in peace, you know. Yeah, yeah. For his brother. Uh, did, did you continue to work with them after that? Yes, yes. We did a few more songs. You know, they wanted me to do. I don't know, man. I think uh, on that on that uh, East Side drama, I must have came out in uh, how many songs, Gio? About four songs on that? Five songs? Four. Four songs on that, yeah. Okay. And uh, what year was that that you met him? That was about 93, I think, man. Because shortly after that, they introduced me to Wicked. Okay. And let me tell you something. He looked wicked. <laughs> I looked and I said, this motherfucker looks wicked. <laughs> and I said, oh, man. And uh, when I heard Wicked's voice, I was like, oh, shit, this guy, he's badass, man. And like I said, that's when we did what I think so rough, so tough with him, yeah. And uh, it was bad. It was a badass time, man. And Easy, you know, he would be there, man. And Easy would be like, "Hey, man, you know, they break off some dough." Yeah. Need any more, Rich? Like, yeah, he's it. <laughs> there you go, man. You, you know, one thing that a lot of people may not know or do know, but if you can elaborate a little bit on it, I know Easy 
had a lot of love for Raza. Yeah. You know, and and I said this when uh, Wicked was here. I said, you know, for me, I met Easy in 87, but I was introduced to him as Eric. I, I didn't, they were first forming in NWA. Yeah. And I didn't know who he was going to become. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, um, but to me, Easy had always been a real one. Yeah. In 1991, we filmed a, a video in Venice Beach called uh, Leave My Crows Alone by the Hughes Brothers who did Menace to Society, their presidents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did our first videos before they did any filming. Wow. Uh, we invited Easy, and we didn't think he would come up, and he stayed in the whole fucking video shoot. Yeah. He came and chilled with us. Yeah. You know, he had love for us. So any Easy e stories that you can share, I guess, him being in the studio with you guys? Yeah, man. I mean, I loved Easy, man. And I wasn't as close to him as Toker was. Toker and him were like black and brown brothers. Tony and him were like black and brown brothers. They were close, much closer than I. I mean, me, we first started, I just first started working on them, but then we, you know, we became pretty cool. Like we'd see each other, hey dog, how you doing? Everything good, you know? But they were much closer than than, than I was, you know? Okay. But I remember one, 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 one time that sticks out of my head, it was about, Maybe about a month before he passed away, we was in the we was I came to the G spot, and me and Julio was in there. and We had weights in there, and Julio used to do, he used to throw down too, you yeah. know Julio G, and me and him we started pumping weights in the corner, hitting it, and Easy was at the he was at the uh, the board, and he's playing this way out track man, and he's had his throw out, and he was just bobbing his head. And I look at I look at I look at, at Julio and I said, "Hey, dog, what's up? What's up with what's up? That, that that track sounds it's fucking bad, dude. But it sounds way the fuck out. What the hell is that, man? Like, was he smoking some of that moon bud that he brings on everybody <laughs> or what? Because he we, easy brought the moon bud. It wasn't regular. It wasn't from Earth. He brought the good stuff, man. <laughs> and he had people throwing up in the back sometimes. <laughs> but um." And he goes, yeah, Holmes. He goes, uh, Julio goes, hey, dog. He goes, that's um, that's a new song he's got with these dudes called Bone Thugs and Harmony. And that that track didn't have no rapping on it yet. Hmm. He was mixing it. That was Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Dope, dope. That's fucking. And hard. it was beautiful, man. Just seeing him do his thing, man. Just there and just he's bringing it. You know, he's just <laughs> ding, 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 ding with his throw. Yeah, dude, dude, and you know, and he was, you know, and he was about my height, man. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was holding too, man. He didn't look sick, man. Right. He didn't look sick. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, month after that, I go, you know, and uh, he was, he had me, um, he was working on a deal through Ruthless to Sony Japan for me, for Brownside, for Frost. Slow pain, I think, was in on that ALT, and there was a lot of lot of dough on the table. From what I understand, there was about seven million bucks on the table. Damn. That the paperwork was already already uh, printed up. I needed maybe two or three songs left on my album to do. We had, I had already did a lot of jams for my own stuff already. Yeah. And um, one day I go to the G spot to work on some stuff with Tony, and he goes, "Hey, dog," he goes, "Um." Goes, Easy's really sick. He said he um, um, he caught bronchitis, and now he's in the do in the hospital. I said bronchitis. He goes, yeah. I said all right. I go well. Can we go visit? He goes well. Nobody could really visit him right now. 
And I said, okay. He goes, but he goes, he called me and he told me, he goes, hey, tell Rich, tell Rich to keep working on those songs. We're going we're gonna to be okay to keep working, to knock those last three jams out so we can get the steel going. We're going to Japan, you know. And I said, all right, so let's keep this work, man. So we're working. And I was working with uh, one of the keyboard players from the Daz Band at a time. We're working at the Badass Jam. The guy's name was Keith, I think. Okay. And, oh, we had this beautiful love jam. And uh, so we're working, man. You know, we had a bunch of good stuff. I had ALT on my stuff. I had, and I think I had uh, even, even Mellow on my stuff, man, okay. some stuff that I did. And we're working, man. And about a week after that, it seems, I go to the G-Spot, man. And Tony's all, hey, dog. He goes, um... Easy went into a coma. I said, for for bronchitis? What's going on, man? I said, what's going on? Tony goes, we don't know. The doctors ain't saying that nobody's, but he's really ill, man. He's in a, he's in a coma, man. So we got to just lay low for now. Yeah. See what's up. And maybe a week after that, it seemed like to me, he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's all gone. It's all done. It's all over with. Yeah, yeah that, that was a. It was a terrible time, man. It was a very, very terrible time for me as well too. Uh, when I heard it, uh, Theo for ninety two point three the beat mm -hmm. had just announced it. And I had just pulled up to the studio in Alhambra, yeah. and he had played Boys in the Hood. Uh, um, woke up quick at about noon, and yeah. let me tell you, I couldn't get out the car, bro. It, it yeah. was it was very fucking heartbreaking. Now, um, how was your relationship with, um, as far as Toker is concerned? And when was the last time you spoke to him before he passed away? Toker? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, those last, I think, two and a half years, we, we worked on banging stories together and worked on my project together. We had really gotten close, man. Okay. Really, even closer than back in the days. You know okay. what I mean? And, um, man, we were, we were, we were, we were, we were like brothers, man. Okay. And, uh, I would go visit him down there, him and his family, you know, down in Rosarito a lot, you know what I mean? We were going down there. We were working, man. We were knocking jams out. He always had a new track to show me, you know what I mean? And we were doing things, man. And we were gonna we were gonna knock it out of the ballpark, man. And right. Toker, he was a he was a unique individual, man. There was nobody like that guy, man. He was just driven, man. Yeah. And uh, he told me. And probably not too many people. And I'm not gonna say too much about it. Yeah. Because it's it's I think it's going to be part of the book that's that, that that they're putting out, but uh, Easy came to him in a dream, and it was weird <laughs> when he he told me about the dream, and it was crazy, man. And at the end of that dream, I'm not going to talk about what happened because I mean, like I said, I don't want to give it away for the book. Whoever wants to buy the book, but at the end, they're walking up these stairs, and Toker's following him. And uh, he's like, hey, hold up, homie. Uh, hold up, man. And he's like, ah, oh, man, you know what? Because you got to stay right there now. You can't, you can't come any further. That's it. Like, what I want you to do, man, I want you to keep this shit going. I want you to keep this shit going. Don't let it die. Don't let my legacy or your legacy die. Keep it going. And then uh, when he woke up, he could still smell easy like you know he had he always had new penalties you know and he could smell a new penalton hmm. and that's when he was locked down right and, but there's a lot more in there too i don't want to i don't want to give it up but i mean 
It was a crazy story, man. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know what? Easy, easy, easy. Legacy will always continue to live on. Rest in peace. Toker's legacy will always continue to live on. Rest in peace because of Brody and Radio. I you appreciate know. that. That That's much love, brother. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Because and you see, I'm wearing my Toker tribute shirt. Because yes. I feel that I'm going to keep on, no matter what happens in my career, uh, uh, singing his praises. Because if it wasn't for him bringing me back out again, I was playing with my band. I was having a good time in the Midnight Cruisers, you know. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> but I wasn't going to come out and do that shit again, man. Mm. He brought me back out, man. He, he's the one he, I mean, I don't know if I have time to talk about how no, go we got it. back together again. Yes, go for it. And it was really weird. It was really weird. Um, I had just linked up with Tony G again. Okay. Because when all that stuff happened, I had to get a job, bro. I got. I went in with MTA. I, I had. I was in debt, man. I had child support to pay. I had all kinds of stuff going on that I needed to pay up. Yes. And I'm a responsible dude, you know. I don't just let shit go. So I said, you know what, guys? I told Tony, I got a role, bro. I got a job with MTA. I got. I can't do this no more, you know. And he's ah. We'll see you next week. They didn't see me next week. <laughs> and so, but here, but here, uh, in around 2015, Tony sees me on YouTube with my band, or singing with my band. He goes, he listens to it, and he's like, hey, I wrote that song with Rich G. And I was doing, I don't know if you ever heard the little grito I do, somebody say, yeah. And Chicano, from uh, from uh, uh, Mi Vida Loca, me and him wrote that part. Okay. And I do it with my band. Okay. And he saw, he goes, how do I, and his daughter knew how to get a hold of me. They got a hold of me, and then me and him hooked back up again. And shortly after that, I'm at the, I'm in the yard. Remember, I was yard master. I was yard master over at MTA Division Ten in East LA. And I'm in my truck. I got it going on. I'm chilling, and uh, all the work's done, and I'm just hanging out. I get a call, bring, bring, on my phone. I'm like, Yo, yo, who's this, man? He goes, Oh, this is uh, this is George, man, uh, AKA Snoopy. I said, yeah, what you what you want, Snoopy? What's going on, man? He goes, I'm speaking on the behalf of uh, Toker from the Brown side. And I said, what, 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 what? And I said, because I, I had prayed for Toker, man, after when he went in. I prayed for him, bro, because I knew he was going into a crazy, crazy environment, yeah. man. And there was just things there that you know it wasn't safe, you know. And, uh, I, and I, I kind of, and I said, before you say anything else, man, House Toker, man. He goes, he's good. He's good. And that brought a tear to my eye, man. I said, oh, man, I'm glad, man, because I hadn't seen him in all that time. Yeah. We all went our separate ways, you know. And I had responsibilities. I had to take take care of little ones, you know. Yeah. And um, I was so glad, man. He goes, hey, man, he goes, he wants you, you know, you, he had some of his best jams with you, man. And he was wondering if you want to come down and do some stuff with him. Uh, in Mexico, uh, he's going to do a new CD called Banging Stories, and he wants you to be a part of that. Okay. And I said, uh, and he wants me to come where? Well, he's living, he goes, he, he's got he's got a house in Rosary. He's living in Rosary, and he's doing great down there, man. And, uh, and I thought to myself, okay, back into that swing, huh? Yeah. And I said, and before I even, you know, I said, yeah, I'll do it. Before I thought about it, and then everybody, after that, everybody was telling me, oh, dog, you're going to go down there, and you know, what's what's going to face, what's, what's going to go? And I thought to myself, you know what? And a few homies were going to come at first, but then everybody backed out on me, you know. So I, I said, you know what? Toker was always good to me. 
He also took care, you know, whenever he needed, he owed me any money or whenever I needed anything, he was there. He always treated me with respect. He never, he never treated me like an asshole. He was always good to me. I said, so I'm just going to go. I'm going to go on that. Yeah. And I went down there, man. It was like we never parted, bro. I met him over there at the Costco across the border. <laughs> hey, holy what? And it was, it was a beautiful thing, man. And we started getting to work. Awesome. It was like you picked up right where you got left off. Right right where we left off, bro. Awesome. Awesome. He was a little more open, though. Uh -huh. He was a little more open, whereas before he was more the boss, you know. This time, you know, I was, it was great to see that little more open side of him, you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's when we got a little closer, you know. Okay. Um, now, I have to ask this. And believe me, these type of questions really bother me because I didn't, I'm a hood journalist, you know, so I'm just asking from the gut. I didn't go to no school to learn how to interview people. We just turned on YouTube and go. Um, where were you when you heard about his passing? And how did you hear about it? Can I get some of that? Yes, sir. Have as much as you like. Take your time, brother. Just a little, little hit, man. Don't worry, I'm going to take some hits with you soon. I'm saving you some, man. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have cranked it. You'd have been carrying me out of here now. So, I was living with the homie, Rob Dog, in uh, Chino. Uh, like I said, I had to sell my pad. Things, things went south a little bit, you know. And, uh, and the homie... Took me in. He said, I got a room, dog. Come on down, fool. And, you know, and uh, I had even lost my job for a minute, but I was doing music, you know, thanks to Toker, you know. Yes. And uh, we're bullshit chopping it up. Must have been around 10 o'clock in the morning. I get a call. And we're in the front room. And, yo. And it's one of the homies from the camp, you know. And he goes, hey, I need you to do something. I said, what you need, dog? So I need you to do this, this, and that. And then after you do this, this, and that, let me know what happened and call me back. And I got something to tell you. It's really important. I said, what's going on, man? He goes, do this, please. So I did it. I got back with him. And um, I said, what's happening, dog? And he says, Toker's no longer with us. And this guy kind of used to joke a little bit, but I, it just shocked me. I said, don't fuck around, homie. What, what is it, man? He goes, why would I fuck around like, with anything like that? He goes, Toker's not with us no more. They got him uh, yesterday evening. I said, what? I said, what happened, dog? They just came and scooped him up, and they did what they did. He sent me the picture that came out in the damn paper. And I said, that's him. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. it just, my heart just dropped, bro. I mean, I just, I was devastated. And I wasn't the same for a long time, dog. I yeah. just wasn't the same, man. You know, it's just, even my girlfriend was like, bro, you need, this really fucked you up. What's up, man? You all right? You know, but I just had to go through what I had to go through, dog. You know, we go through what we go through. We we, we get through it, you know, yeah. as men, you know. Yeah. But um, it hurt, man. It hurt really bad. 
No, I, I could on, I could only imagine. You know, uh, I was telling uh, Wicked. I said, you know, that's one person. You know, because growing up in the industry, you meet all kinds of people. Okay. Yeah. But I told him that's one guy I wish I could have met because people have asked me, did Tony ever meet or work with? Tony? No, I, I never met him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I've heard of the group. I knew the group when they were coming out. It was yeah. mostly early '90s when I heard that they were coming out together. Yes. But um, I never had an opportunity to uh, to meet him. Yeah. You know, so now that we have this podcast going on and yeah. people are coming over and sharing, I'm learning more about him. Yeah. You know, but I would have definitely have loved that well, the opportunity to admit him. You know, the naysayers can say what they want to say. Yeah, it's a free country. To me, Toker was one of a kind, man. I mean, he, he was a gangster. He was a gangster. Through and through. But he was also a family man. And he also cared about people. And he also did a lot for a lot of people, man. Yeah. Even down there in Mexico City when we went down there. I know he footed the bill for that whole thing, man. And we went down there and, uh, and he's just doing it to help people, you know. And he did a lot of stuff like that. He did a lot of stuff people didn't even know about, you know. He helped me a lot through the time when I wasn't working. You know, it was weird yeah. how, you know, I, I, I lost my job. And... Uh, but it's weird how this came around that I had the chance right after that to do Vario Chronicles, my first CD I ever, my first album I ever did, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Toker was a big part of that. And, uh, you know, we, we would drink some Don Julio. And I even got footage of it. We would drink Don Julio and we would start writing, man. He would have tracks. He had tracks up the Yang, man. So we'd have tracks. We'd be there on the beach, beach, Brownside Beach House. And we would make, we'd make good music. And he was an awesome songwriter too man hmm. he knew how he, he hey why don't you try this dog and i'm like damn bro that's a good damn idea <laughs> and he was talented man yeah. he was a talented brother he could say oh I, i'm not a rapper well, that's mm -hmm. but he knew how to tell them stories and he had a good ear man yeah and yeah. we laid stuff down man it was like we were like the chicano paul mccartney and lynn and they <laughs> <laughs> but not as famous of course right. you know, you know one thing that I take away from, uh, as far as from all the interviews, when people come over here and they share Brownside slash Toker stories, one thing, if somebody were to interview me and ask me, out of all those interviews that they shared about Tokers, what's one thing that you can take away that stayed with you that what they said? Here's what I would say. One common tie that every interviewer had that spoke about him, they said, he helped a lot of people. Yeah. And that's one thing that I hear a lot. He helped a lot of people. Yeah, he did. Uh, there's a lot of artists today that are still around. Damn. They don't give a damn. It, yeah. It's all about them. Yeah. Uh, I want the light all on me. Yeah. The shine all on me. I want all the money. Nobody's ever going to surpass me. It's yeah. all about me. And uh, it seems like it was never like that with him. You know what? Um he wanted you to shine, man. He wanted people to shine, you know. And even like with me, he just thought it was a travesty that I never got my shine back in the days. You know, I was always the guy behind the scenes, you know, singing everybody's hooks, you know. And he's the one who started calling me the, the Mexican Nate dog. When I used to joke around about that and say, I'm the broke ass Mexican <laughs> Nate dog because that fool made money. And what, what happened to me, you know? Right. But uh, um, so he would, I'd say, all right, you know. I'll take it from him, you know what I mean? Right. And um, and he wanted to make sure that people knew what I did. And he worked so hard to make that happen. You know, and I, I have, I'm always grateful to him for that and much more, you know. 
you know, uh, I post these flyers on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and on my story on uh, YouTube. Okay? Mm -hmm. Instagram, great responses. Facebook, great responses. But on YouTube is where all the shit talkers are at. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, because a guy there could be called Cat Dog and has a picture of Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows who the fuck he is, but he's a gangster behind the keyboard. Yeah, okay? he's a puñetón. Fucking exactly. sitting there, you know, he, he, he hasn't picked his mess up yet, but he wants to hate, and he ain't yeah. doing shit. Ain't doing shit. Probably yanking his weenie, eating takis, drinking Red Bulls all night. This guy just got finished, you know, watching uh, Butt Banger Fiesta. <laughs> Butt Banger Fiesta. It's all right, homie. It's all right. You say what you want, eh? Yeah. Hey, we do what we do, and we're doing something. Exactly. You're doing something, brother. Thank you, and brother. And much love and much appreciation for you, man. And thank you for having me, man. Thank you, my you know, brother. I appreciate it, dog. Now, let me add to something that this person said. He says, who? Like, when I put your flyer out. Keep in mind, if there was 80 comments, I would say maybe 76 were all positive. Yeah. Okay. And then it just, you, got, you get this one fucking... Yeah, let's get one, yeah. Yeah. Well, who is that? Trolls or something? <laughs> yeah. Who is that? Why are you interviewing these nobodies? And here's what I said. I, I could have went back and forth, but I didn't. I said, this is why I interview them. Yeah. Because these are people behind the scenes that made shit happen yeah. and never get the credit, never get any shine. Yeah. And this is why I do that, because these people are deserving. Yeah. He never replied. Because what could you say about that? Yeah, yeah. He had to go clean his mess up real quick. Where's the toilet paper, Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's probably drinking fucking hot dog water. <laughs> 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 but I mean, you know, they're, they're they're covered and they're 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 all um, they they're all protected. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, so you know, you know, uh, keyboard badasses, dog. You know, what I keyboard mean? badasses, dog. You know, so check this out. We're gonna go ahead and take another break. Uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna start taking some shots with you. I'm gonna hook me up Michelada for my boy Blasto Mini Micheladas. There you go. And uh, we're gonna come back and there's some things I want to touch on. And then what can people expect from you? Now, what are you working on and in the future? Okay. So, we'll be back. Everybody, once again, Rich G in the motherfucking place to be. Uh, Rhodium Radio. Make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap shit out somebody, let them know that Rich G's in the motherfucking building. And we'll be back in a minute. Go take a crack, make some popcorn, uh, slap your old lady in the ass, and <laughs> come on back. Yeah, just come back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 62 with the podcast that slaps you across your fat ass with a fat dick. But uh, other than that, once again, I got the Night Out book, buddy. So go to the GoFundMe, 50 bucks. You can also get a CD, and you can sleep with him every night. <laughs> Sing to him, talk to him, take a shower with him, whatever you want to do. So, Rizji, we're back. Yes, sir. And we got two bottles. So yes. I'm going to ask you a question, then I'm going to pour yeah. Okay. One thing that I missed and I wanted to cover, you used to bounce at nightclubs. Yeah. How did you get into that? I'm a boy, um my boy Ernie Medina. When I when I was trying when I was working in the music biz, uh huh. When I was at the G spot and stuff like that, I'm still working in the music biz now, but back then when I was trying to make it with easy and all those guys, no, you had to work a couple of jobs, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did support myself singing for about a year. Uh -huh. In the studios, so we we had a real hot year one year, but other than that, you had to do different things. I was a, uh, like I said, I was a, a trainer, and my boy Ernie Medina, he was a DJ. Okay, um, Ernie M, and uh, he would uh, he he worked at the Tropicana, 
He Damn, went to Peppers. Yeah, remember the traffic Canada? Yeah. Off to 110, you'll be able to see it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was like, hey, bro. He goes, you're a pretty big dude. You think you might want to bounce some clubs, man, work some security? I go, security? Fuck security, eh? <laughs> and he's like, um, bro, you just make, you make dough, you make tips, you know what I mean? And right. a, lot of, a lot of girls involved. And I was young and single, you know. I said, run that by me again? <laughs> so he worked at, uh, he got me in with this company called coastal event service the dudes mm -hmm. in the orange you know in the yellow and uh so yeah i got in there and the first they put me out way out in the parking lot they didn't know what i was doing but they saw me take a few fools down They're like oh, oh come here man yeah yeah let me get you in the front of the line dog right so they put me in the front of the lines at like peppers florentine gardens tropicana tropicana uh uh mr j's Places like that, and then private parties, and then man, I was bouncing all over the place, man. I had a blast, man. And that's when I heard of you, man. I think you might have been DJing at a couple of those clubs. Yes, I, I, yes, I did. And I remember hearing about you back then, and hearing that you were the shit, man. You Thank know? you, my brother. Yeah. Do you remember Brandy's? Uh, I remember it. I never bounced there, but I remember hearing Brandy's. about it. Yeah. Mr. J's. Fuck, I'm trying to remember where, where was that located at. Mm, was it in Almani in, in Exotic El Monte? I think, yeah, <laughs> I think exactly. So, yeah, and and then there was Baby Doze. Remember those old Baby Doze, yeah, Baby yeah. Doze, and then uh, you had the Hop and all yeah. those ones, yeah. In the '80s, there was one that I used to go to in East LA. I, I believe it was East LA. Uh, DQs. Don Quixote's. It was all like during the disco era. Oh yeah, yeah, the know, disco you era. You had to have a pompadour <laughs> or a mullet. Yeah, yeah, in fluorescent clothes. Yeah, <laughs> with your shirt open, with two hair sticking out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so. one time me and the homies went to one of those places. We were like, "Were we fucking outer space now?" Or yeah. what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you're singing. Around what age would you say you began to record? Uh, now that you're singing, you took some classes, how to breathe. Yeah. Uh, now you're singing, obviously, a lot better. You had the skill. You had the voice, the talent. Yeah. Uh, when did you start moving into the studio and start working with the Chicano rappers, if you will? Okay. Because, I mean, the first time I went in the studio was with this dude, this homie called Ron Cano. And I'm still, I'm still uh, in touch with him. But he was a gospel guy. Okay. And he wanted me to do some backwards of me. He, yeah, man, you bad, dude. <laughs> and he was, a, he was the first. Ron Cano was the first guy that got me in the studio and got me sprung on that. But the first time I started working with uh, with uh, um, Chicano rappers, it was this guy named uh, Cisco. He never really came. He was bad, too, man. He wasn't, he wasn't a cholo or anything like that, but he was just bad, dude. He was fast. And uh, I, I, Tony put me in the, when I got with Tony, he put me in with Cisco. I'm a, I was about 23, man. Okay. First time I, I worked with a Chicano rapper. And then, and I met, I, man, I wish I could remember the girl's name. But this girl that Tony used to use for a lot of his women uh, hooks, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was a cute thing, you know. She she was a little geeky, which I like geeky girls, you know. I was like, <laughs> oh, girl, you know. And I found out she's the girl that used to sing the Barbie commercials. No shit. Yeah. And I listened to her voice. I go, yeah, that's her. Wow. <laughs> but, I, I, man, Tony remembers her name, but okay. I I apologize if I don't remember your name, sweetie. Okay. Now, now, let's take it back a little bit more. How did you meet Tony G? Oh. <laughs> I was hanging out with this crew, right? I was hanging out with these fools. <laughs> uh, I was I was single man. I, you know, like I said, I was I was a bodybuilder man. I I have met this fool at the gym, man. His name was uh, Robert. We used to, they used to call him Sweat, man, because that guy would just walk down the street and start 
drenching with sweat. But uh, me and him, we'd go to clubs together, man, and we would we would pull a lot of ladies, man. We had a, we were a good wingman with each other, right? And uh, one day we're rapping, and he goes, "Hey, what else do you do, man?" I go, "I'm a singer, man. I got a couple of little demos. I do little things. Let yeah. me check it out." So I threw the little cassette on there, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Damn, dude, you bad fool." I said, "Really? You like it?" He goes, "Yeah, man." He goes, "I know a dude, man. This guy from my neighborhood named Tony G, man. He's got a record, uh, a record store called Spinner Records in Almani. I'm gonna let's take your tape to your tape to him, you know." I said, "Really?" Come on, because this guy was a big liar. He was a habitual liar, the guy, you know. And I, it was hard to believe it because he was all, you know, we other fools are like, yeah, bro, I do this, I do that. Like, they like for nothing. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> lying all the time, bro. I go, okay. But he, no, no. He, he, thank you, Robert. You know, I'm not your friend no more because you, yeah. you fucking burned me. But you know what? You introduced me to Tony G. Thank you for that. He was the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> so we went down there. And Tony's there. He's behind the he's behind the counter, right? He's like, "Hey, what's going on? What's happening, bro?" And he's like, "Hey, I got this guy, man. He's got a nice demo. Let me check it out, bro." And he puts it on. And oh, Tony! I don't know if you met Tony G, but the boy he could he could converse. He talked to me for about two and a half, three hours, and he, basically the gist of it was like, "Bro, you're good. Uh, I'm gonna try to work out a deal with you. Uh, it may take this long. It may take that long. It may take a year. It may never happen. But we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna." Uh, I said, all right, let's do it, man. And um, so I'll go back and forth to spin it, see how things were going, this and that. It took it took about a good year or so of me chasing him around before he actually put me on. Wow. You know, and you know, I was like a young guy trying to make it. Hey Tony, <laughs> Tony's not here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh and then finally he says, you know what? I got this guy named Cisco, man, I'll put you on with him. And I did good there. And about maybe after that, maybe about another six months is when he put me on with Frost and we did East Side Story. East Side Story. Yeah. Uh, so Tony G, now Julio G comes in the picture. How did you meet Julio G? Oh, it was at the G spot, man. He goes, this is my dog right here. It's Julio G, man. Hey, what's up, who? And we call him Huji. What's up? Hey, Huji. All right, Huji. And, uh, you know, Julio was just a badass DJ, man. He was a bad boy. Uh, and um, you know, and then he was he was on the radio and stuff like that, man. And he actually produced a couple of songs on my album that never came out with Easy E. Okay. Yeah, Julio was bad, dude. And, wow. Uh, I loved Julio. I still love him to this day. We still, you know, I haven't seen him in a while. But we keep in touch, social media, whatnot. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so now you just mentioned that he produced some songs on the album that you did with Easy E. Yeah. When was that done, and why is it not released? You know, um, like I said, easy passed. After that, I was still trying to work at the at the G. I was still trying to do things. You know what I mean? I go, let's keep it going, guys. But everybody was so down and depressed. You know, especially like I know Tony was was down, bro. Yeah, Tony, man, my boy. And I understand it now. I understand it now. Then I didn't really understand it. You know, I said, let's do this for easy. You know, but. He was down, man. Everybody was down, and you couldn't get nothing done at the G spot at that time, you know. Yeah. That's when I had to. I said, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to su support my family, man. I gotta go, and I gotta go do what I gotta do, you know. And he had all that stuff, but through the different transitions, through the years and stuff, I think it all just got lost, man. Okay. Uh, you have any of those tracks? Like I have some of that stuff on tape. Okay. But you said uh, tape. 
Take, <laughs> and you, who knows? Who knows? Anybody it's in the garage. <laughs> it's in the. You guys remember what those are? It's in the garage somewhere. Um, Ernie Medina, my boy Ernie, he did a lot of uh, 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 production with me. Also, he wrote some songs with me, and he may have some of it. I don't ever. I haven't asked him yet. I haven't asked him if he's had any of that. But uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing redoing some of those songs. You know what I mean? I, some of those things you could update them. It's just love stuff. A lot of it was love stuff. You know? Yeah. 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 Okay. So now you uh, work with Cisco, and then you team up and start working with Frost. Yeah. Uh, can you fill us in on those some of those sessions? Uh, how did those sessions go? What songs did you do, etc.? The first song I did with Frost was called "No More Wars," and it's that Timmy T song. Uh, Why can't we live together? Or I, what's it called? "No More Wars." I think it's called. Have you heard it? No. Timmy no. T. No. No. That song, but not the, the Frost one. Yeah, yeah, the Frost one. Um, and, uh, you know, I went into the studio. Uh, uh, I think we did it at, uh, we did, we would do pre-production at the G-Spot. Yeah. And then we'd get paid again, going to the big studios, you know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, uh, we would go to, like, places like, remember Amer Ray Ken Studios? Sounds familiar. Ray Parker Jr. Studio. Oh, wow. Ray Parker. He said Ray Parker Jr. Still in the groove. Ray yeah, Parker Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. We would go to his studio. We went to different studios in Hollywood to do things. And, uh, you know, still, I mean, I I would come off very soulful. They had to calm me down a little bit. Eh? And, you know, just do it like this, Rich. You know, Tony, you know, he was a good producer, you know. Yeah. And we did that song, and it, it was it was, it was was awesome, man. The, the feeling that I felt was like, and I'm finally doing this with what I've dreamed of doing, you know what I mean? Right. And doing with this guy. I mean, when I when I first saw Frost, I didn't even know who he was. I went, I went, I you ever heard of a band from Norwalk called Soto? Sounds Soto familiar. Brothers? Well, I went to school with those guys. And I ended up hooking back up with them years later. And they're like, hey, we're gonna be at the 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 LA Super Show performing. Why don't you come down and check us out? So I went down there, but before they went on. These rappers came on, uh, Marsky Rayski from Latin Alliance. Mm. Remember them, Latin Alliance? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, what? I go, Latinos? Fucking the, they, they were uh, Boricua brothers. You know, they were Puerto Rican brothers. You know, They were getting down. I said, oh, what? I don't know. We had some, some, some Latinos doing this shit. And then Frost went up there. Frost, he just looked like some regular dude, big dude with a penitent, you know, funny looking hair. And he went up there and he started. I went up there and what's this dude gonna do? He's a Chicano, he does Chicano straight up. Yeah. And he started spitting with power like I've never heard a Chicano ever do. And I said, this motherfucker, this guy's bad. Yeah. And I, I'll say it, he was bad. Yeah. He was the best out of all the Chicano, Latinos, whatever you wanna call it, I've ever heard. This guy was hitting it, man. I was like, oh, damn. And little did I know a year later, I would hook up with Tony G and end up being on this guy's, he would do La Raza. And then after that, that's when I came in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, how was your experience working with him? Everything was good as far as on that record? Yeah, everything was cool. You know, we, we, you know, everything worked out good. We just went in and we did our thing, you know, and uh, it was mostly Tony G, you know what I mean? That I worked with on those, you know, but Frost approved of everything, you know what I mean? He, oh. was, he was cool with stuff and... Uh, I'm going to bring something up right now that I think is very controversial uh, in a sense because it's talking about Chicano rap. Okay. Okay. Because most people would say that uh, Chicano rap pretty much started there going Kid Frost. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Whether it did or whether it didn't, let's just say uh, that's the popular opinion. Yeah. Right? Now, working with Tony G, and you said great producer, uh, try this, try that. He would write some of the hooks. That's yeah. what a great producer does. Yeah. He brings the best out of you. Yeah. If, if, if it's not working, we'll try it again tomorrow or keep going. Let's try it one more time. Let's yeah. try it one Okay. Yeah. One thing that I, I believe lacks in today's Chicano rap genre is good producers. Yeah. Here's what we have today. Hey, email me a beat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now they just go in their bedroom, grab a mic, and they bust it take a goofy picture, load it up on YouTube, and hopefully they get a thousand views. Okay? Exactly, yeah. They don't have that producer that brings the best out of them. That's right. Dre told me this years ago, and I don't even think he even thought he was teaching me anything, but he said a producer is only as good as the artist that he's working with, okay? Meaning this, if you're the producer, bring the best out of that artist. Right. Don't just say spit, okay, cool, we gotta record it, we're good, we yeah. get a level. Yeah. You gotta bring the best out of him. And I think we have a lot of Chicano rappers and even Chicana rappers that their producers are not bringing the best out of them. No, they're just looking for the quickies, man. It's exactly. all about the quickie, man. Yeah. Exactly. So and a lot of times people say, this guy's trash, this guy's trash, this guy's trash. Sometimes us producers have to take responsibility. If you're getting paid, track that person right. Yeah. Bring the best out of them. Yeah. Don't just try to take, like you said, the quickie, you know, yeah. give me a couple of hundred. Back in the days, I had producers, no, no, you, you, I know you could do it better. And they, man, until you get pissed and bam, you're doing, that's what I'm looking for. Thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's how Tony was. And uh, that's how some of the other producers that I had back then, too. Uh, at one time, I worked with this guy. His name was uh, Victor Brooks. Uh -huh. And we wrote some songs which had something to do with Tony G. Uh -huh. And it wound up being for, I don't remember if you remember the Barrio Boys, man. Yeah, of course. Well, we were. I wrote two songs with Victor Brooks and uh, a homie named Ricky. I forget Ricky's last name. Apologize. And we wrote two songs on their first album. It was an English album. It was called Crazy Coolin'. And we wrote a couple of good jams, man. Really good songs, man. Poppy. Yeah. One called Latin Groove. The other one was called uh, Taste of Love. And then shortly after that, you know, that really never went nowhere because they wanted to take them in another direction. And they, they to me, I think they should have used ours as the, as the first song. Yeah, what do they call that? The, the first single. Yes. But they had their people already, you know, the, the record company had their people already. They wanted who they wanted to have their first album, you know, yeah. or their first single. And their first single didn't, it didn't work out, you know. Right. We we had the street shit, bro. Yeah. And Tony was helping us, you know. So awesome. It could have been good, man. But what they did, they changed directions and went Spanish. And then that's when they hooked up with Selena, and they went after that. But I trained, I train, I vocally trained some of those guys, man. Wow. And uh, I had I sang underneath. This is when the Milli Vanilli thing came out. Yeah. And I had to sign a waiver to that not speak about it. But I'm speaking about it now. Yeah, I sang <laughs> backgrounds on that thing. <laughs> and they copied me, man. They they wow. copied my style. And then they went on and did what they had to do. You, you know, it's funny. A lot of people talk shit about Milli Vanilli. But how many Milli Vanillas do we have today? So many. It's, 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 it's part of the deal now. Yeah, it's part of the deal. And it saddens me because one of those guys, I believe, committed suicide. Yeah, over that bullshit. Yeah, over that bullshit. And now, I mean, you know, anybody can get and throw some auto tune on and be some kind of a singer, you know. Yeah. Fine. And I've seen it. I've seen people that cannot sing. And even Tony showed me one time. Let's check this out, dog. 
and these badass backgrounds to the song he was doing. I go, damn, who's doing the background? That's badass. He goes, that's me. You can't sing, fool. And he goes, no, nah, it takes work, but you could you could fix it up, auto-tune it, this and that. And you, anybody could be a singer. I go, what the fuck am I here for? You know? Yeah. What am I here for? And he goes, no, no, no. They still need people with, with, with their own style. They need people yeah. with their own shit, you know? I said, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let me give you a quick example of what I mean. As well. And I know you know this already, but for the public's sake. Yeah. Uh, when producers bring the best out of you. Yeah. Now, a lot of people know that Easy E was never a natural rapper, if you will. Yeah. Okay. He learned. Okay. Of course. Who brought the best out of him? Dre, Dr. Dre. Dre did. Yeah. Dre did. And made him a fucking star, bro. Yeah. You yeah. know? Can nobody say that Easy shit was whack? Now, who would have known that what he had was the shit? Who yes. would have known? Unless Dre brought it out on him. Yes. You know? And today, we have if you will, possible easy ease out there that these producers are not bringing the best out of them. Exactly. They're just taking their $50 for a beat and, yeah, okay, yeah. go. Throw some auto tune on them. Good to go, man. You're good to go, homie. <laughs> I'll see you at the Swami. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of youngsters out there that, that could really get that. And when I see them, I give them props. Yeah. And I use the old way. I say, yeah, that's what I call spitting, man. Absolutely. That's spitting right there. Absolutely. Zero out of tune, straight spitting. And I'm not a rapper. Yeah. You know, and I won't even try it because I've seen that I've been with some of the best rappers. Yeah. And I don't mess around. I'm a singer. Right. So. Right. I am absolutely buzzed right now. I'm feeling good, <laughs> man. You, you know what? Let's take a little. Let's take a little shot real yes, fast. Sir. And uh, I'm only going to sip. I'm only going to sip because my weapon even bad. You're going to have to carry me out on a fucking dolly. <laughs> Salute, yes, brother. Hey, listen to Salute. your future, brother. Thank you. Okay. Thank so. you. You too, bro. So. Anyways, my face is numb, but um, <laughs> so now here's what I wanted you to do, because if possible, I wanted you to name drop every artist, if possible, whoever you work with, who comes to mind, everybody that you sang on their shit for, okay. and, and possibly a lot of these guys maybe never mentioned you, maybe they did, but I want to shine light on you, brother. So, you know what? Um... Out of all some a lot of these fools that I jammed with and everything and, and, and helped them sell records or whatever, ALT was the one that would take me with him. You know what I mean? So ALT, you know, of course you had Frost, you know what I mean? Which I did some videos with him and he spoke up for me one time, you know. <laughs> so I'll give him that. Uh at a TV show one time. But uh you know, Kid Frost, you know, uh uh Slow Pain. Uh, even Lightfoot, you know, you guys yeah. talked about Lightfoot, man. Lightfoot was pretty cool, man. He was a cool dude. I took him to go train, and he went, I got to pump up for this movie I'm doing, Doc. And I took him. He was so sorry. He couldn't even walk after that. Now, now Lightfoot, a lot of people may not know that that's uh, Indian in the Cupboard guy. Indian in the Cupboard, man. And yeah. he's, to me, I mean, I don't know if there was any more Native American rappers before him. I'm sure there was, but he was the one that was most known at that time that yeah. I knew of, you know. And he was a cool brother. Uh, you had guy. I mean, I'm on a recording with e Easy E, bro. Yeah. And I didn't know that till here years later. And it was these uh, girls. Like I said, I used to do backgrounds for some of his uh, artists. These girls called HWA, Hoes with Attitudes. They yeah. were like the the female version. And I did this song called uh, um, Ain't No Ladies with them. And yeah. I went in there and all these tall, fine looking hood black chicks, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, damn. They're like, who this? Yeah, he's the guy's gonna do the the backgrounds. They're like, watch me work. 
And I laid it down there like, oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, so them, and um, I didn't come on the video or nothing, but, I mean, I'm in there, man, and I'm there with the Easy. Easy's talking at the beginning. And I'm like, I'm on a jam with Easy E, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dude named Bugsy. Uh, who else, man? Man, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the first, a lot of the first Chicano cats. And like I said, I did some stuff with Mel that never came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Barrio Boys, man, and fools that I can't even remember, man. Okay. You know? now, share with us a little bit about the group that you're in right now. Uh, my band? Yeah, like like when did that form? And oh, here's another thing, man. Um, it was the anniversary of Easy E's passing. I was listening to the radio and they said, Oh, it's the anniversary of Easy E's passing. It's been such and such years and this and that. I think it was in uh, 2004. Okay. And I listened to that, man. And I was like, Fuck, man. And I started remembering, you know. And I started, I brought a tear to my eye thinking about Easy and how he believed in me, you know. And I, I appreciated him, you know. And it's, it's fucked up that he passed away like that, you know. And then not, and shortly after that, my boy Joe Truck calls me, right? Joe Truck had been a friend of mine I met through a girlfriend. He worked with the group War, uh, how, the original guys, Howard Scott, B.B. Dickerson, uh, uh, Eric Burden, and Harold Brown, the guys that were ousted from the group. And um, he goes, uh, hey, man, what if I tell you I can get you on stage with Howard Scott? I go, that guy's my... He's my, he's my God. What are you talking about? You know how it's got the one six Cisco kid. Yeah. And he's the one that started the group, actually. Sure. And, you know, that's a whole other story of what right. happened with them. So I met those guys, man. And um, Howard Scott, and, and we had done some stuff together. I got to go on stage with them and do shows, man. Oh, you should see in the Chicano Pride after that, boy. And um, uh, so Howard and Joe, they call me up. They're like, bro, man, let's do a song together. Me and Howard, you know, Howard go, and Joe goes, Howard wants to do this jam with you, man. I said, okay. So I got back in. I had been out of the business for about eight or nine years. I said, screw all this. I got to work. I got to take care of my family. You know, I can't chase dreams. Yeah. And um, so I did a song with Howard, man. It kind of ignited a fire again, Joe Truck and Howard Scott. And then I met this dude named DJ Tripp, who had a radio show called Radio Aslan in the Inland Empire. I've heard of that. Yeah, and he uh, he invited me out to one of his shows called the Aslan Festival. Okay. Radio Aslan Festival. I went out there and I saw these groups, right? And I said, oh, right, a bunch of Chicanos getting down, you know? And I said, you know what? I could do that shit. So I hit my brother Pablo up, man. I said, Pablo, because he never wanted to do shit with me before because I was hip hop. He was rock and roll. And I said, start a band, dog, in 2005. And uh, Pablo Trevino, our uh, DJ Trip, he was like, hey, man, I got a guy that'll jam with you, man. He's a fan of yours, man, from the Brownside days. His name's Rick Siordia. And my boy Rick Siordia, he came. It was just me, him, and my bro, man. He started jamming in my brother's garage, and he was all, hey, man, so you knew Toker in them? I said, yeah, bro, I knew all them fools, man. Yeah, what? And so we started jamming, and then they brought a couple more. Uh, Trip helped me bring a couple more guys in. Next, you know, I had the Midnight Cruisers going. And I, we couldn't come up with a name to my boy, Alex Espinosa. He's like, well, you guys are cruisers, right? Right. 
caught the Midnight Cruisers because uh, one of the fools wanted to call it the Midnight something that he called his band, right? I said, I'm not going to call it your band. Oh, this is my band, dog. <laughs> and uh, so I called it the Midnight. Alex says, Midnight Cruisers, bro. So I started calling it the Midnight Cruisers. I I, <laughs> I wanted to call it. I had all these names, right? I says, why don't we call ourselves, you know, Los Otros, you know? And uh, and then my boy, my buddy Rick, uh, the, the bass player, he's my bass player now. He's been, uh -huh. he started the band with me. He was like, Hey, Holmes, he goes, you call it Los Otros. People are going to think about it. They're going to listen to them. They're going to call us Los Hotos. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I said, you got a point, Doug. You got a point, Doug. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> so that's how I started my band. And next thing you know, because of the, the little bit of juice that I had with Howard. Yeah. Our first our first gig was at my brother's house just to warm up. Uh -huh. The next thing you know, we were opening up for the Lowrider band. You know, Howard Scott and the original guys from War, man. It was it was it was amazing oh, man that's fucking awesome man. and howard scott is he's my mentor in fact that song we're gonna put it out it's called uh sweet maria okay that was my next question when can somebody expect something from your group well you know it's hard to say because of this damn pandemic you know yeah. we were supposed to put sweet maria out. me and howard scott it's with howard scott from war it's with bb dickerson from war it's with, remember remember joanne sebastian the name sounds familiar. He he's on the Mexican side, bro. It's with his percussionist. Joe Joe remembers his name. Uh, I don't know if you remember this band. I mean, there's a band around that's pretty badass that does a circuit with us. They're called Down with Three DW Three. Okay. So Eric from DW Threes, he's playing the the keyboards, and some of the guys from uh, my boy Joe Truck, the one that I tell you hooked me up with Howard. He started a banda called Viento de Oro. Okay. And they they blew up, bro. They were a bunch of Chicanos from this side. Yeah. Nobody wanted to hire them, but Juwan gave them a chance. Next thing you know, those guys. So a lot, some of their members on there playing horns and stuff like that. We just put BB Dickerson on bass. Oh, sure. World of Ghetto. Yeah. And it's called Sweet Maria. We were, we were supposed to put it out on Cinco de Mayo. But after all this bullshit went down, you know, people lost money and we didn't have the dough to yeah. do it it was going to be put out through video entertainment my buddy's entertainment company yeah. so but, but we're, we're still on that i'm getting uh, i'm getting offers my, my boy i don't know if you ever heard of a singer called pepe marquez uh he's he's doing his thing too man he's my homie i met him when i first started my band okay and uh he's he's always been good with me man he's got his own movida going you know mm -hmm. and he's with this uh uh company called La Cima Records. Okay. And uh, this guy is named uh, Carlos Guillen. Okay. And they offered me uh, to do a jam with them, man. I'm going to do an oldie remake with them, you know? No shit. I'm going to do some oldie remakes, but I'm going to do one that nobody's doing, bro. Yeah. I'm keeping it a secret. And it's one that I could fade and okay. I could kick get down on. So I'm going to probably do something with them. And some of the only homies in the circuit that I do. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid of the uh, the gangster thing that I do. Yeah. And they won't hire me as Rich G. They'll hire my band. Okay. But they won't hire me as Rich G. Okay. Because they, you know, they forget. I don't know what. They forget where they came from. I don't know what. It is what it is. You know, I do what I do. Yeah. But the only ones that gave me love like that was my boy Angel Baby. My boy Angel Baby, Charlie Perez, Moni B. Henley. Uh, from uh, Round Two Records, uh -huh. they're the only ones that they would hire me as Rich G and my band. You know, they didn't care. They just they were down with me, mm. man. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you. We're running out of time, but you know what? I stopped it. and We're gonna keep going. All right. So um, now, 
Okay, um, do you have a YouTube page or, or like a Spotify or anything where people can actually listen to whatever you may have out now? You know what? Um, what I what I got what I what I put out with East Town Records. Uh-huh. Uh As far as I know, because you know, uh, East Town is, is 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 through going through a transitional stage, and I'm not with them no more. But right. uh, you know, I was uh, you know I talked to. Uh, um, I'm still good with all the artists, you know, the Thresser Boys, man. Big shout out to those guys, man. Uh, Evelyn G, Mama Tokes, uh, Toker's uh, uh, widow, you know, yeah. and the son. You know, I got love for all of them, you know, and I'd had to tell them, whatever you guys need, you just let me know. But uh, it's been a little hard, you know. It's been hard on everybody, man. Yeah. But as far as I know, you could still get my uh, Vario Chronicles, Rich G Show Vario Chronicles uh-huh. on uh, um Brownside13.com. Okay. Brownside13.com. You guys heard that. And it should be available on, on all media outlets still, too. Okay. You know? okay. Uh, as far as I know, uh, if, if you guys uh, you know hit me up at uh, Official Richie G on uh, Instagram, if it's not, let me know and I'll, I'll work on it. I definitely will. Okay. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, after all this BS, man, I'm definitely going to come out. Uh, I'm going to come out swinging. And I'm going to come out and I'm going to do some love stuff. Yeah, I'm going to do some of these oldies and stuff. I'm still going to do my hood shit because that's where I'm from. Yeah. A, you know? yeah, yeah. So. Well, the oldies, slow stuff is good because that's where we That's grab, our culture, bro. We grab the girl. We grab her now. Got some we slow dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's no disco, coming. eh? No disco freestyle. Sorry. Yeah. You know. <laughs> then you got the other guy that grabbed the vato and slow dance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's a yeah. different show. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, now I'm going to ask you something. And I ask a lot of Chicano rappers. And I know you're not a rapper. Yeah. Pero te voy a preguntar, okay. Um, what is Chicano rap? Chicano rap is our cultura, man. Okay. That's where we're from, bro. I mean, we had we had to have an outlet too about what we do and where we're from and what we go through. I know we're all Americans, I know that, but there's different different facets, you know. Yeah. And nobody was speaking up for us, bro. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, you know, some of us don't want to recognize it. Some of us don't, don't want to talk about that deal or that nephew that's a gangster because they, they forget about it, where they came from. Right. In my opinion. And they, they don't want to talk about it because they get too uppity. Yeah. And they want to hang out with the president or whatever. But you know what? This is where we're from. And we got, that's why that Toker was a storyteller. My boy Thresa boys are storytellers, man, because they live a crazy life that they had no choice to live. You know, they, they this is what we were brought up in. When I got thrown out there in, in the one ways, man, or in the barrio, I had to do what I had to do to survive. Yeah. And we talk about it. And not all not all Chicano rap is gangster. There's Chicanos that, that they they we can rap they rap about it. Look, look at look at Baby Bash, man. You know, he came after us, man, him and Frankie J. And they got down, man, and they talked about love, and they talked about different things, and it was a beautiful thing, you know, yeah. and I give those guys much props, you know. And um, and that's, uh, Chicano rap is just our culture in a story. Yeah, yeah, good, good. You know what, that's a good answer, because uh, usually everybody has a different answer, and everybody's answer is unique. Yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this, and this is the one that a lot of people at the same time, they all have different answers, but yeah. I'm going to ask you, why do you think a Chicano rapper has never made it to the stature of maybe an Easy e DJ Quick, a Game, or a Dr. Dre, or a Snoop? 
why do you think we've never climbed that ladder and yet we are a hip hop's economy, especially here in California? Mm -hmm. Okay, we buy everything. You know, yeah. uh, you're not going to find anybody that works harder than a Mexican. That's for sure. Okay, so why do you think a Chicano rapper has never climbed that ladder? Man, there's a lot of things to that, man. Uh, from what I've experienced, you know, uh, of course, number one, there's a lot of racism against us. You know, uh, another thing is we don't know the we don't get it we don't take time to learn the business properly. You know, and I and I'm guilty of that. You know, um, we got the talent, man. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard Chicanos get down where I'll be like, I'm gonna sit down and listen to this guy. You know. Excuse yeah. me. Um, and another one is we don't back each other up, man. Thank you. We got to back each other. And then just like we were talking about that fucking little uh, uh, Puñale, the guy that, that's fucking, oh, uh, who's this guy? Uh, well, you know what? It's Chicano. Back him up. Are you Chicano? And then back him up. And if you're not Chicano, you want to be down with us, we'll be down with you too. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But... I always, I if I see Chicano that gets down, I back him up. If I see a movie coming out and it's a Chicano uh, director, I back it up. And that's how I was raised. You know, my parents were activists and we marched, bro. We marched against police brutality. We marched against racism. And I was 10 years old out there and watching these people in their, in their balconies telling us, go home, Mexicans, you fucking wetbacks. I saw it at 10 years old, bro. My mom wrote a book that's still out in libraries now, and it's in the Library of Congress. So I got that in me. We need to back each other up more. Yeah. Not just in the barrio. We need to back each other. Our, our college students, man, our executives, you know what I mean? Our actors, our singers, our rappers, we got to back each other up. Because if not, we ain't going to get shit done. Absolutely. You know what? And I have to say amen to that. Uh, let me share a little story that I get a little emotional. I don't even know if my brother even remembers and he's watching. Mm -hmm. uh, I was living in Compton until I was about nine years old. When my family came from Mexico, they uh, we settled in Compton. And then when I was about, after I turned nine, almost 10, we moved to the city of Wilmington. We must where I stay at. Yeah. Okay. I remember my mom used to sell Avon door to door. Yeah. Okay. And uh, she had a stroller that me and my little brother used to be in together. Right. So a couple of times she didn't take us to school. She would just say, just come with us. She didn't speak no English. Okay. Yeah. But I knew English, you know, we, we, we weren't allowed to speak English at home, just Spanish. Okay. Right. And I remember this one white lady. I don't know what, how the argument started, but my mom was a very, very dark woman. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, and it's funny because sometimes even some of my black friends would come over and my mom would be even darker than them, mm. you know? Mm. And I remember this one white woman, this stuck with me, told my mother, why don't you get out of here, you black bitch? Oh, damn. That's what she told my mother. Wow. You know, and I remember that. I don't remember what my mother's response was, but we had left. But that always stuck with me. Yeah. You know, and it always fucking bothered me. Yeah. So my thing is this. I want to make a difference. And I want to shine light on our people. And I believe yeah. it's time. Yeah. And if I can do it just with a podcast and allow us to have a voice and speak, yeah. Yeah. you know, we have to have a voice, man. Yeah. You know, the sad thing is this, and this is a very sensitive topic, is that many of us don't have a voice because we're here illegally. Right. You know, and, and that hurts to even say that, but it's true. Yeah. It's true. And that's why a lot of us don't speak up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, 
may this gentleman rest in peace that couldn't breathe and this cop had his mm. knee over his fucking neck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. May he rest in peace, okay? Yeah. But Latinos here in LA have suffered so much fucking poli oh, police yeah. brutality. We, we've been through it all, bro. And have never, ever fucking made the fucking news. Yeah. Because it was just another fucking wetback dead. Exactly. Period. Yeah. Okay. And we have never come together and protested. We need to be more uh, active like that, man. You know, including myself. We need to be more active like that. Like back there, like they were in the 60s and the 70s, bro. Like I said, like I said, I was out there with my parents, man. And I saw it all, man. I saw people getting their asses whooped. I saw people flipping us off and, you know. Telling us to go back to Mexico. <laughs> I was born here, man. Yeah. My family's been here. My family owned half of Texas at one time, puto. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is um, and you know what I can say, man. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, in the in in the whole outlook, we're all Americans, bro. Yeah. This is what we got. This is our country. You know what I mean? And. uh I can't sit here and say, well, I got hate for those motherfuckers. Right. No, because there's a lot of good people out there, different colors. Yeah. But we need to speak up for ourselves more. Yes. And there's a lot of people doing it, but we need, we need, we would need, need more to back those people up. If not, whatever, uh, like say, for instance, uh, you know, somebody comes up and they're, they're going to have a rally. We need to get out there, man, and support. Like my brown berets, my girl, uh, Connie Gonzalez, man. Yeah. She's out there and she is a boy. She's a bomba, man. Yeah. And she's out there and she's marching with the brown berets and they still got, they're still out there kicking ass, man. Yeah. The brown berets we, have been around for a fucking we long gotta time. We got to back them up, man. We yeah. got to back them up because they're speaking up for us. Absolutely. They're speaking up for the Azteca. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Well, you know what? Thank you for all that, man. And uh, I can keep going on and on and on. <laughs> but uh, let me say that I believe that it's time that I, because if we don't take a stand now, bro, we, we never will. That's right. You know, so we have to take a stand now. And it isn't so much against people, but it's against, you know what? We have a voice. Exactly. You know, we have a voice and let us use it. A lot of times we just stood quiet, timid, humble, and, you know, fuck it. We looked the other way. Yeah, but here's the thing. You can go out there all you want. You can go out there all you want and show all your guns and everything. You don't know what we got, man. Yeah. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. But I know some fools. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got some shit. But they ain't going to show it like some fucking little leva. They're going to wait until you come and fuck with us. We don't want to go there. We need to work it like, 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 um, Cesar Chavez did. With this. Absolutely. With this. Not shooting people up. No, 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 no. With the mente, man. With, with, with mind power, man. Absolutely. With, with the intelligence. That's how we got to do it. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, I'm putting together, uh, me and my boy John, this is my team. These yeah, two guys. I like these guys. These guys are good, man. Thank you. And uh, we're putting together a documentary that um, it's going to shine light on our people. Yeah. Uh, Chicano rap documentary. That's not the name of it, but that's pretty much what, as of right now, what we're calling it. Yeah. We started the GoFundMe page and we're asking people to, to help support us. Okay. Yeah. Um, Check this out. All we're asking is for like 15000 to buy new cameras, new laptop, yeah. uh, lights, 
audio equipment or whatever. Exactly. You know, I have 18,000 subscribers, okay? Right. And, and to a lot of people, that that's nothing, okay? There's people that have a million subscribers, okay? Mm -hmm. If 15,000 of them just gave one dollar, one dollar, you'd be covered, bro. Yeah, it would be covered. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Our own rasa sometimes are our own worst enemy. They'll go on YouTube and start talking shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? And if we continue, we will never get any, anywhere. And the only people we'll have to blame is ourselves. Exactly. So we'll leave that there. But I want to shine light on our people. And we're going to make several episodes of it. Because it's impossible to cover all of it in just one. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. But I'm saying this now live that I want to feature you in it. And I we talked during the break yeah. that I want you to be on the music. Yeah, I'm so, down, man. So you're going to be hearing the voice of Rich G. Yes, yes, sir. On the Chicano Rap documentary so that's right uh, other than that uh any shout outs you want to give uh oh don't get me started yeah, yeah. any <laughs> to ray ray and cc now uh of course um any dedications any complaints anything <laughs> <laughs> i want i want to shout out first of all my you know i want to say hi i want to shout out my mom and dad no my, my dad rich garcia Richard Garcia, I love you, Pop. My mom, Maria Rodriguez, I always have my back. My familia, you know, my kids, I love you. Caesar, Jessica, Alvin, Richard, love you guys, man. Uh, Ray Ray, my grandson, love you. Uh, the homie uh, Chente Loco, Chino, uh, Trece Boys, East all the East Town people, man. Um, all my brownsiders, man. All my brownsiders, baby. Love you guys, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Evelyn G, thank you, Mama Tokes, Little Tokes, thank you so much, man. Uh, Big Toker, love you, man. Thank you, thank you, brother. Rest, rest in G heaven, dog. You know we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this, brother. In your name, man. Uh, you know my boy Tony G, who I wouldn't have a career without him, man. Love you, Tony. Um, a midnight, like did I say, my midnight cruiser family. Keep going, midnight cruiser family, man. <laughs> love you guys. Burrito, sir. I know, I know my boy. I know my boy, Big Manny. Rest in peace. Don't like to say this, but all my peeps in the burrito circuit. I love you guys, man. Midnight Cruisers, people that back up the Midnight Cruisers. Love you guys, man. Uh, all you guys. That's it, man. I mean, I, there's more, and if I forgot you, I apologize. <laughs> You'll get them on the next one. I'll get you on the next one. That's you, right. We'll you be back. Shout out uh, Beans and Rice. Beans and rice, man. Beans and rice, I mean, homie. if it wasn't for beans and rice, man, we'd be like little lumps on the ground, homie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're And then nice. Tony A, man. Thank you, Thank brother. you, my brother. You know Rodium what? Radio. I'm Thank humbled, you. Brother. I'm and the homies that making things happen back behind the scenes. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. So now I'm going to give my shout outs. Okay. All right. Uh, let me go ahead and give a shout out to John motherfucking Elkins, a.k.a. Milkweed. There you go. Okay. Uh, a.k.a. Miklo. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give him a shout out. He's got a dating website right now and an escorting service. He, his anal bleach will be out soon. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> He's got a love potion that all you got to do is just sprinkle just a little bit on your hand, rub it all over yourself, and you'll find love in all the wrong places. So it's not number nine, then. It's no, number it's 10. not number nine. It's number <laughs> 10. Okay. And then uh, he has uh, women nail polish as well. Ooh. Uh, uh a stripper body spray and stripper glitter Ooh. Yeah. and he also waxes well so. that's that but that glitter is there any way you could get it where before you go home it falls off of you that's a tough one <laughs> we're working on that we're working on that because we don't want to get in trouble about the old lady that's you know the thing that nah, I mean. so, yeah. <laughs> and also let me go ahead and give a shout out to my boy dg dg media yeah, clips DG's making it happen yeah he's making it happen with the camera 
Uh, he's good with the click. I mean, click with the camp click. Okay. And and no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and my son, uh, B Scanless, Scanless bastard. He's the one that uh, helps me promote all this. I met him right now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, he's, yes, sir. He's, he's and my a, brother, he's a cool Ruben uh, Spice Smuggler. You can reach him on Spice, uh, Spice Smuggler on Instagram. Yes, he yes. sells uh, refurbished dick pumps. Oh, all right. Dick pumps. So. <laughs> If you're quarantined up, you clean them good, man. Do you clean them good? <laughs> he cleaned up pretty good. Pretty. All he did is just take white piece. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, he cleaned up pretty good. So if you wanna like, you know, <laughs> he's your man. Hit him up. Uh, Spice Smuggler on Instagram. And other than that, okay. I just want to thank me really quick and uh, Salvi Mami for the shirt. Los Angeles, thank you very much. I want one of those, man. Yes, yes. I'm gonna hook you up. Yes, Salvi Mami. Gotta hook him up. Can I say one chain. more thing? Yes, sir. Since we're in uh, Wilmas here, man, my Wilmera. Danielle, she's going through some tough times. Noah, Kayla, much love to you guys, man. Your mom's out there. She's taking care of biz. She's doing what she's got to do. Strength and love to you, mija. Danielle, you're going to do this, girl. You got this. Absolutely. You got this. And your book, buddy. Hey, there it is. You just <laughs> pull out a book. You could uh, tune into Coco Melon and sing Baby Shark to him. Hey, let me hear it again, Doc. He's a great listener. What? <laughs> so the next six like people that, that um, uh, donate to the GoFundMe will receive this doll along with the CD. Operators are waiting. So other than that, once again, Rich G in the motherfucking place to Thank be. Thank you. Thank you very much. And let me tell you something. This will not be the last time you guys see him. Okay? So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back Sunday. And let me tell you something. Sunday, I got a dope producer. And I got a industry executive that's got stories for days. You do not want to miss this one. I guarantee you, you do not want to miss this one. Shout out to my boy. He knows who he is. See you guys Sunday. Rich G. Muchas gracias, hermano. Gracias, man. Thanks for having me, man. Thank my you honor. for coming. Big yes, honor, man. And we will see you Sunday. Now get your ass out of here. <laughs>